Welcome to the Jackie Service Show. I'm Jackie Service, where we are talking all things people strategy, entrepreneurship, and how hiring the right humans will unlock the next phase of growth in your business. As a former corporate VP of HR, my life completely shifted when I learned I had a brain tumor. From this moment forward, I knew that there was more. I dove headfirst into healing, mindset work, and spirituality. And from this space, my entrepreneur journey was born. Now I am a people strategist and founder of Serve Recruitment Agency, a boutique recruitment firm that helps scaling companies hire aligned leaders for growth. In this podcast, I'm going to share about my business journey, entrepreneurship, leadership, and how hiring the right humans unlocks massive potential. Welcome to the show. Are you looking for a new podcast to tune into? I know I am always interested in finding new podcasts that leave me with inspiration, a shift in perspective, or practical tools to help grow both me as an individual and my business as well. If you're looking for a new show, one that I listen to weekly is called We Wild Women, hosted by Renee Warren. I'm going to link that up in the show notes here, but I highly recommend heading over to We Wild Women and tuning in to Renee and all of her epic guests that she brings onto the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Jackie Service Show. We are here with a dear friend and somebody who I have had the pleasure of getting to know over the last multiple years as I've transitioned into entrepreneurship, the one and only Renee Warren. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I love the background. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to be here, you wild lady. You know what? It's Your podcast was one of my favorite episodes we did and the whole concept Ah. of We Wild Women and bringing women together is what this series that we are doing is all about. I love it. So needed. Thank you for doing this. It is needed. For those tuning in, we are in the middle of a series where we're bringing women on, one who just deeply inspire me and Renee is one of those women and two have made major transitions, multiple major transitions in life. And we're just sharing our journeys of moving from, let's call them stereotypical kind of career paths to entrepreneurship and what that felt like inclusive of things that Renee and I will likely dive into, which is also having, I had twins, she had Irish twins while we were building businesses and what that felt like as women, mothers, business owners, founders, and all the good stuff. Yeah. We were just silly. Why, right. why do we do that? Birth hey, babies and businesses at the same this. time. Hey, let's just have babies and grow a business. <laughs> Can't be any worse than that. <laughs> I know. Fair enough. So before we dive into transitions, I obviously just want you to share with the audience, your story, your background, and what you're up to right now. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for having me on the show. So my story, I'm not going to go all that far back. I'm just going to take out little snippets, but started a restaurant when I was 17 seasonally did that for four years, paid for college, did college, traveled all over the world. Um, came back to always wanting to be in like agency space. So social media content started a little communications company, then met my husband, lived in San Francisco for a bit, started working with startups out there. 
And this mm-hmm. was when like the infographic was becoming the end thing. And to have a company professionally design you an infographic, you were, you were just crushing it. And then along came Canva. But um, in that time, I really discovered how social media and content marketing were so important to startups and getting the word out about them and launching them. And I learned a little bit about PR. Then I started an agency with uh, my co-founder at the time, Heather, and we had so much fun doing it. However, I had two babies in the same year that I started that company. So eight months pregnant with Max, started the business, and then 11 months later, welcomed Noah and with a growing business and a team now. It was just nuts. So nuts. In that time too, my husband was traveling all over the world, raising money for his new startup. And anyway, it just got a little bit, um, a little bit crazy and it was, it was all survival mode. And so it's like, you would get as much sleep as possible. You would work as much as you could in the times allotted, be with your kids when you could, but there was no place for health and nutrition, working out community was hard too, because you're so exhausted. You don't want to go out for dinner with friends or you don't want to do a thing on the weekend. It's like, I lost myself in all of it. I prioritized business, then babies, everything else. And then me, Mm. and I burnt out. I was unhappy. I was unhealthy and it got just a little bit scary. And so I needed to, to fix that. And then I got, so in that time, my agency was going through due diligence to be acquired by a bigger company. The outcome of it was a two to three year earnout, And I didn't have it in me to a be in the industry for that much longer, um, work for somebody else. Yeah. The idea of having a boss was like, no way. So it didn't happen. And then I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. So closed up shop. And then I started coaching and how I got into that was after the business was done, I was like, I needed to do something. And people kept asking me for advice in business. I was like, Oh, Hey, like, this is how I did this. This is how I managed a team. This is how like we managed a remote team, grew a business. You know, this is how we built everything. And then I was like, I need to start charging people for this advice and created a structure. And then before I knew it, I was doing business coaching for three years. And then I realized that was something that I did because I thought it's what I needed to do. I I thought it was what I should do. It's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to get back into the creative seat. I I'm an artist and I don't find artistry and coaching for me personally. I wanted to create, to write, to come up with ideas. And so I got back into PR and the moment I made the decision, the moment was like, not that long ago my business just went through like the ceiling. It was just crazy how many clients I got because it was aligned with me, with what I like to do, what I want to do. And when you have all those pieces connecting energetically, it's like the universe is like, here you go. Like I finally figured out how to make the Tetris pieces come together. Mm. And then it just kept flowing. And now it's like, Great one offer. I have my second offer. I just published a couple days ago and I have two, like the VIP day. I have two clients and then someone's paying me to go to Florida to do a two day session. And so all this to say where I was to where I am was all by design in the time I didn't know, but your mess becomes your message. If you choose for it to become your message. 
Oh, Renee, there's so much goodness here. Thank you for sharing your story. I'm like, I could pick up so many of these pieces because there's just so many golden nuggets and what you just shared in that story in itself. I have a curious question. I feel like, so when we met, we were both coaching, right? We had both kind of landed in this coaching world. We had a mutual friend that thought that we would really connect. And so here we are having these conversations around coaching. I know for myself, I grew up in kind of corporate HR style roles. Talent was always the place that I played. There were some reservations or hesitancy for me to fully go back into that space because of fear. I thought the story I told myself was I was going to revert back to that woman, the woman I was in past, if I chose to go back and include some of those pieces of my past into what is now my present and, and for my future. And so I resisted going back into talent and doing what I think is my greatest gift and how I can serve best, which is really the strategy behind people for so long. I know you've come full circle back to PR, and I'm so curious about that journey for yourself and if any fear or resistance showed up for you too. Oh yeah. So a big reason for me hesitating was because of some of the trauma that was built in being in PR. So I read an article not that long ago that to be a publicist or a PR expert is one of the most stressful jobs in the world, like below being a soldier. I'm like, how I don't understand, but it it's there's so much stress involved. I don't know why I gravitate towards this. But there was that. The other component in my hesitancy to come back was the shame around it. So I remember being in San Francisco, where it's was oh, the point that I was there, it was like mostly dudes doing startups. And there was this like profound distaste for PR agencies and marketing agencies, because the startup mentality was that these are just leeches that suck these startups dry. And like everything that was wrong in a startup mm-hmm. was blamed on a marketing person agency or PR people. And I remember going to a couple of parties I was with my husband at the time. And he said to me, Hey, let's work on how you're going to introduce yourself to people. I was like, oh, my name's Renee Warren and I'm in PR and communications. He goes, don't say that. Like, but why? I was proud of that. And he goes, here's why. And he gave me this quick download. I didn't know anything about the scene. And like immediately I was like, I cannot tell people who I am because it might come with shame. And that stuck to me for so long to the point where I realized it was why, one of the reasons why I wanted to shut down the business. It was why I wasn't doing it again. And then I did these past five years of so much personal development, Tony Robbins events, all these coaches, business coach, life coach, family coach, all these things, reading books, listening to podcasts, doing the work to realize that I actually love it. And I don't care what other people think because I'm not here to impress them. I want to work with really rad people that are doing Mm -hmm. cool things that at the end of the day, we're going to be friends forever. So all my clients are friends. They're ridiculously amazing human beings. And those are the only opinions that I care about. So, you know, there's a story on one side of my brain that was like, don't embarrass yourself. Don't side down for this industry. Um, There's so much work involved. You'll be working 60 hour weeks. And then there's my other side. The artist is like, but I love doing this work. I love strategizing PR and content and social for clients. And I finally just decided, you know what? I'm doing this for me, not anybody else. And I made the leap. 
And it's like, it's just, it's like, I unlocked this next level. Wow. It's like going down that tube playing Mario brothers. And it's like, do, 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 do. And you're like, <laughs> Oh, there you go. There it is. <laughs> uh, right. There are all the coins and they're like, there's my next destination. Uh, so, so much shame, embarrassment, worry too, worry that I was going to be stuck working 60, 70 hours a week because I didn't know any different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, geez, my husband wrote this incredible book. He sure <laughs> did. Buy back your time. And on top of that, I realized everything that I was so stressed about was just the story I was telling myself. Part mm. trauma, part something I was allowing myself to believe that wasn't even true. And I'm like, wh- why do we write these things? Why? 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 And so here I am. I feel great. I'm crushing CrossFit's my jam. Um, came back from the date with destiny in, in December, literally landed Thursday night and Saturday morning. I did my first ever competition and I came third. Heck and yes. It, it's like, if you just do it, like the other thing too, in this CrossFit thing is the story I was telling myself is that a tall, skinny girl can't compete because I was told mm. sc- tall, skinny girls can't do CrossFit. Right. You need to be a little bit shorter and like, you know, you need to be five feet Yes, and a gymnast build (laughs) former gymnast. And I'm like, I'm not, uh, but I'm, I'm getting stronger. I love going there. And now it's like, people are starting to see, man, she's working her butt off and she podiumed. Okay. So I can do it. Mm -hmm. And for me, this transition from like motherhood to entrepreneurship and then another business, another business and moving across the country during a pandemic, were all like beautiful gifts. Some okay. were stinkier than others. <laughs> yeah. Some land a little heavier. Some take a bit longer to like fully move through, but that's, and that's a choice. That's something to listen to, right? Listen to Renee's language. Language is so potent and so powerful. What I hear is all of these things happened for me, mm-hmm. not yeah. these things happened to me. Right. And she talked about Renee, you were talking about life by design. Mm-hmm. I'm curious for you. What does that mean? Like when you say that phrase, that was so potent for me. As soon as you said it, I was like, yes. What does life by design mean to you? is you, every single person has the power to design their own lives. If you're a nurse and you don't want to be a nurse, then don't be a nurse. Right. Right. Our parents, most of them love us and they were trying the best for us and they were doing what they can and what they had. We're trying to instill in us certain, you know, core values and beliefs. And while I think we have good intentions, that's because I know that we do this with our kids too, is like, it ends up planting these seeds of like what is expected of us. And we don't want to disappoint our mom or we don't want to disappoint our kids or our friends. So we do the things we think people expect of us, right? So that means you're not designing your own life. You're doing something that somebody else wants of you. And you you don't even ask them. You don't even ask them if that's what they want. I mean, I thought my husband wanted me to do a coaching business because it was hell of a more lucrative time-wise than running a PR agency. He just wanted me to be happy. And he thought that was an easier way for me to be happy. He doesn't care what I do, but he cares if I love what I do. Mm -hmm. He cares if I'm good at it and I keep trying and I push myself. So life by design is really 
breaking down, like unconditioning all these things in our life to create a life that we love by design and to go against the grain. If you have to take chances, move across the country, start a new business, quit your job. If it's not serving you easier said than done, all these things take time, but I think it's something to consider and it could mean just smaller things. So life by design is I want to lose 10 extra pounds. What is something you can do today right now to start that process? Drink more water. That's it. Drink mm-hmm. more water. Right. And maybe the next one is, you know what? I'm going to actually meal prep just for this week. And I'm going to see how it goes and how I feel. And all these things slowly start contributing to you having more vitality in your life. So life by design is, is all that it's, it's creating the life that you want right? Not, not the thing that's uncomfortable or the thing that's comfortable though, not a comfortable life because a comfortable life is just boring. <laughs> it's mediocre. It, it is. You need to do something that is scary, right? It scares you, pushes you outside your comfort zone, but it's still achievable. So I actually call that, um, accountability. So account- mm-hmm. accountability is when you do something outside your comfort zone, but it's still achievable. So it could be CrossFit competition mm-hmm. or it could be booking your first private jet to go to a destination when it's like 10 times more expensive than we're used to paying, but it's uncomfortable yet. It's achievable. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love the whole philosophy of life by design. I would say you have been somebody I've looked up to so much when it comes to showing me that there is always a way in terms of running a business and also running my family and my life kind of at home as well. I remember one of the first times that we talked, you were just sharing with me openly that you were prepping and planning to go to San Diego for the winter at the time when you lived on the East coast. And you shared with me, you showed me it was possible is what I would say. And that shifted a paradigm for me. I had this belief system that, Hey, once the kids got into the school system and once they're going to school, like, you know, to pull them out for a significant amount of time was not appropriate or was quote unquote wrong for whatever reason. Um, likely because my parents were both teachers growing up. So I came from that like background of thinking that. (laughs) And I remember you showing me that that was possible. And as soon as I saw it was possible, we started, my husband and I started having conversations of, Hey, it could be, we could do this too. How would we make it happen? What would it have to look like? What's the support we would need to get into play? And we had planned it. Unfortunately, COVID happened and it did not happen that particular year, but we just got back from our first winter where we spent, you know, I think we were there just over three weeks in Phoenix. Next week we're in Mexico and then we're doing two weeks in Florida. And so this winter we're gone for six weeks to explore and play and feel into what, what our next chapter of winters is going to look like for our family. And so I just it, wanted to acknowledge you of that. Cause it was something that was so potent for me three or four years ago when we met. Yeah. So that's the perfect example of life by design. And, and my meaning to it is doing the things that you want to do and making it possible because there is no rule right? In New Brunswick, where kids were going when this all started, there was actually no rule saying that they couldn't miss that much school. But, and and I never even checked. I just made these assumptions. So I thought it was going to be a big deal. So the first time we did it, it was like, talk to the principal and then talk to the teacher. And they're like, yeah, just 
go. We can't stop you. And we just think that there's this structures in our, in our society. That's what expected as a kid goes to school all day. You do homework at the end of the day. They do sports on the weekend, rinse and repeat. That's boring to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a little, maybe there's seasons like right now we're in that season. Um, but because they got intense soccer and basketball, but when the season's done, it's like, what's the next thing that we're doing. But because we thought that the school system would punish the boys because they were away, it, it, it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And, and I, then I thought, well, I'm going to inconvenience the teacher. Actually the first teacher, this was beautiful. This was when Max was in grade one. I, when I, so we were leaving in February and I approached her in November saying, Hey, we're gone for like three months. And then she's like, Oh, okay. Uh, what do you need from me? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. What do I need from you? (laughs) And you know what she did? She put together the whole second term of school exercises for max to bring with us. And she said, when she handed it to me, she goes, this is exactly what I needed. The kick in the pants I needed to get everything done over the holidays so that she didn't have to put a lesson plan together for the rest of the year. Wow. Because she spent the time to do it. It was a forcing function for her. And she's like, I'm going to do this every year. So look at that inspired somebody to change the way they do something. Mm, And we have our lesson plans now and we go to San Diego and we get her done. But yeah, my mom was like, well, what about, that's the first thing people ask all the time. Hey, we're going to San Diego for three months. What about school? Like you don't, do you not think kids learn outside the school walls? <laughs> like, I don't know. They're, they're in grade one at this point. Like they're learning how to read. That's all we got to focus on. That's good enough for me. So all of these things that we've been indoctrinated to believe about like education, about running a business, about what it means to be a mother or a wife, a community member, isn't necessarily true. It's not necessarily right. It's so people don't question it. Mm-hmm. They don't push the boundaries. They don't think, oh my gosh, maybe this is something we could do, but they never look into it. So they don't design their life. Mm-hmm. Let life happen to them. Absolutely. When you look at designing your life, are there certain tactics, exercises, practices that you go through to make sure that in all the pillars that are really important to you, you are designing life around those pillars. Even a step back from that, how do you figure out what the pillars are that you want to design around? We established there are three main pillars, health, wealth, relationships. So health, physical, mental health, anything related to health. Um, wealth is how are we creating wealth? How are we teaching our kids about earning money, saving money, giving back? And relationships is anybody in our life mothers, partners, friends, colleagues, how are these important? Cause like, those are kind of like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs kind of bundled up into three pillars. And then from there we break things down. So my husband and I, we have our core values. They're called G cash growth, community, adventure, spirituality, and health. Every Wednesday at noon, we have lunch together and we go through a little agenda and we, one of it is to review our core values. How were we, um, so like community wise, how are we in community this, this week? Did we have, did we host a dinner? Did we go for dinner with friends? Were we calling our parents? Were we giving back to the community adventure? what did we do? That was really cool and fun this week that we've never done before. Is there a book we read, a podcast we listened to? Is there somebody we had a meeting with? And we just go through these things and we score every single one out of 10. 
And we look back like a week previous, previous to that, it's like, where were we failing in like spirituality? Oh, okay. Well, that means that we probably maybe pray at dinner time or talk about like God a little bit more, whatever spirituality is to us. Mm -hmm. So that has been our construct and how we create those pillars. And the thing about those core values is they can change over time. Ours have been pretty solid for a while because we like saying Gcash. <laughs> it would be hard to like lose out on that acronym. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but it just works for us. And mm-hmm. and it's and it's fun. So like we can spot each other's flaws throughout the week, saying, Hey Dan, you know, I noticed that you've just been staying at home all week and you're not sick. So what's going on? You know, how can I help you get out of the house? Or Dan will be like, you know what, you haven't had your spiritual alone time, go run a bath, I'll deal with the kids. Because it is about supporting each other. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. My husband and I are both entrepreneurs, and I know you and your husband are both entrepreneurs as well. One of the things I just pulled out there is if you didn't catch it, Renee and her husband sit down at a specific time every week to review their core values. That in itself is a piece of the structure that likely makes them highly successful human beings, highly successful parents, spouses to one another, business owners, insert whatever else you want to insert there. (laughs) But that was like a key nugget for me as I'm listening to you. But I'm curious, you have been building businesses with your husband for years. Mm -hmm. Talk about what are some of the gifts? Let's go gifts first. Sometimes we start with the neg- like we go to like the neg- negative undertones. What are some of the gifts of building businesses with your spouse? What have oh, you, you just, loved about that? You just get each other, the entrepreneurial mindset. I've, I have friends who are entrepreneurs and new husbands or other partners are just, I don't want to say just, they have a job they love, but they don't understand that there's just something different about our minds. Mm-hmm. So the gift is like, Dan can just come up to me. If he's in a good communicative moment, he'll be like, Hey, having a tough time today or this week, this is what's going down. So if you see me being a little bit, eh, that's why. And I'm like, noted, got it completely understand. That's emotional. Uh, the other gift too, is just leaning on each other. Like Dan was going through this massive recruiting stage last spring and he didn't have the time to ha- to find somebody to help him hire. And he's like, Renee, you got time on your plate. You know me, you know my business, you know exactly what I'm looking for in these roles. Can you help recruit? I jumped in, I rolled mm-hmm. up my sleeves and I was like, yep. So I helped him hire like eight people over the course of a couple months. And the best is having those like just random encounters throughout the day because we both work from home where I'm like scratching my head on something business related. And I'm like, Hey Dan, can you look at this really quickly? He's like, yep, sure. He's like, do that. Don't do that. I'm like, I was thinking the same thing. Thank you so much. Walk Mm -hmm. away. The other thing is in our meetings is, so we've established roles. So I'm the CEO of the household. He's the CFO of the household. So in our meetings, we, we show up to this meeting as those are the roles. And so what does that look like? Give, like play that out for us a little bit. What does that actually look like? So I take care of the, a lot, largely to do with like the kids stuff, like the general house stuff. And he's like finances and making sure everything's good there. Mortgage, all like boring stuff to me. Um, and we report to each other every mm-hmm. week on these things, issues to be discussed. And then in terms of like 
business finances is we both have full access to each other's business financial records, banking updates, everything. So we're both very much in the nose to what's going on mm-hmm. and High, you know, highly I'm, transparent, just like here it is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I've shared this before people like, that is crazy. How like, wow. I said, why, why is it crazy? Why, why couldn't I know? And why shouldn't he know? I f- quite frankly think it's crazy that you wouldn't you're mm-hmm. married, you're in this long-term relationship and you're keeping secrets from each other for what, like, especially when it comes to money. Yeah. So the roles are very, it's, it's what I love about it is like, you might be faced with a situation and you don't know the answer to it, but it's not your job. Right. So like we're, we're, one of our mortgages is being renewed for one of our rental properties. And I'm like, I don't know this stuff very well, but it's not for me anyway. So I say, Hey, Dan, let me know what you need me to sign. Then I'll review it and sign it. That's it. And then he's the one that sits down and he goes through the documentation. Mm-hmm. It's not my job, but yeah. you know, signing kids up for sports and figuring out the logistics of certain travel arrangements. That's on me, right? Yeah. That's on me to manage. So I when love you have these created really, those roles that helps exactly. to have like defined kind of roles within the household. Yeah. I mean, it just makes things a lot easier because it's like, it's the delegate, it's a delegation or it's like, Hey, that's not my thing. I'm not good at this. So you do it. Mm. Like ask Dan to change a light bulb. Ah, no, I remember one day not to throw him under the bus. He walked into the laundry room and he goes, which one's the dryer. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. I got you. I yeah. got you. I'm like, it's the one that says like dry. I don't know. Um, not, not to like make fun of him, but it's just, it goes to show this life that we've designed and yes. the rules and boundaries we have in place for certain things. Mm. It's not, it's, he's not pretentious or lazy. It's just, we have a house manager. And then when she's not doing that stuff and dryer or washing stuff needs to get done, I don't actually trust him <laughs> to clean things. I don't mind doing it. Yeah. So when you define these roles and everyone knows their purpose, the mission of these specific roles, oh, it makes life so much easier. I love that. Mm, thank you for sharing those. I'm curious for you both. What are some of the like, key lessons learned when you've worked with your spouse? What are some of the things that maybe have been Achilles heels or shown up or been, you know, the things that cyclically just keep showing up time and time again that have created lessons, which it sounds like you've probably maybe implemented some changes because of that, but I am curious what what are some of the lessons you've learned? Well, in working with him in the handful of times, like we, my company ran, um, his launch announcement or his funding announcement when he was, um, when he raised it around for his for clarity.fm and we did it again. And I worked with him in his company with recruiting. So it was like the little bits where I was in and out in that time. The most important thing was that we are business partners during the day and we're married in the evening. And it's really hard not to carry that baggage over because I'll sit at dinner time, still angry at him from the way he talked to me at a business meeting. Men are so great at compartmentalizing these things, but I had to learn, I had to learn to not, to not take it personally because he'd show up and he'd be give me a kiss. Hey babe, how's the rest of your day? And I'd be like, Oh, I'm so mad at you, but I needed to learn to show up better. And it was tough, but I realized like he, he didn't do it 
like vindictively. He wasn't malicious about it. He was just talking to me the way he was talking in business. And I took it personally. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing. Um, but the, I think the most important thing, especially in, in our marriage is to never let business become an excuse or reason for not being able to show up for each other, especially in times of crisis. Like yeah. I, I can say I've walked in to Dan's office when he's been on phone calls with some really important people. Like most times I'd be like, no, get away. He has never, ever told me not to come in. He's never stopped me. He's never said shush. He's shushed the other people. And he's like, just one second, please. And then he'd be like, how can I help you? Like, I remember one time he was talking to Tony Robbins business partner about something. And I walked in and I was like, Hey, I'm like, do you want a coffee or whatever it was? And he's just like, excuse me to the person he was talking to and turned to me and be like, yes, can you please like give me coffee or something? And I thought how beautiful that was that I felt like such a priority in his life. And that just increases the grace and flow and the femininity of like being seen and heard regardless of who's in the room. Mm-hmm. And that's important. And you know what? People on the other end, they don't care. They think it's a beautiful thing too. Yeah, they do. It that and that's what a beautiful just like tribute to the relationship that you have and the dynamics. We talk, I hear this a lot right now online of the, you know, the balance and the um masculine and feminine energy specifically. And one of for for Brooks and I, one of our lessons learned is I can sometimes really tune up my masculine style energy when I'm in business, when I'm in business mode. And I need that transitionary time to like come out of business mode and like step into mother and wife. Like there's a moment for me that I need. We didn't know that until we rubbed up against it enough time to say like, oh, Jackie <laughs> needs 20 minutes to herself to like reclaim that feminine side. It's not saying that I never run business for my feminine. I do. My intuition is always my guide, but I needed that time in order to like step into the role or just transition from work mode to being mom and wife. You think back to it, like, um, if you think back 10 years ago, I would have a half an hour drive home to myself to like decompress and like unwind before I walked into the home. Now my office is literally, I don't know, hundred feet to my kitchen. Like there's yeah. not that much difference between where I'm working and where I'm living. In fact, I am working in my home. So I just love that you shared that aspect of like, that that made you feel seen and heard and that allowed you to uh, really step up from a more feminine energy standpoint. Have you noticed any of those things dynamically for you guys in terms of the energy, energy tone? Yeah. I feel like so relatable to this is because we both work from home and we'll just like encounter each other, like going for a coffee or a snack and, or we'll just be bumping into each other. We, we, by default, I especially have just kind of ticked the box as to like spending time with Dan. I felt like, oh, I'm I'm in the same building as him. Sometimes we're in the same room. Sometimes we'll eat lunch together. And it just felt like I was like, oh, I'm spending time with Dan. And he'll come up to me at the end of the week and he'll be like, I miss you. Like, oh, but I've seen you all week. I not, you know, I suppose I miss you too. And he goes, yeah, we're, we're here, but we're not together. We're not connected. It's not intentional. So that was the one thing that we really needed to get behind. And so we instilled weekly date nights and mm-hmm. bonus lunches 
or like extra time at night where we just like lay down and we just chat about our day or an idea or a philosophy or something, because just because you're in the same room doesn't mean you're spending that time together. Yes. And we had to learn that. Mm. That is so important to hear, right? Listen to what Renee is saying. Listen to the undertone of that, like intentional time, mm-hmm. right? There's so many relationships that you probably, maybe you're bumping into people during your week, or you do a, a gym class with them. You're doing a CrossFit class with them every week and you see them a couple of times. And, you know, I think being really intentional about Gcash for you <laughs> and for whatever the values are for everyone else are so, is so important because so many of us, myself included, can get caught up in autopilot and just doing the motions and following through the motions. And for me, when you talk about life by design, it's been the interrupter of that. How can I interrupt the autopilot to start to become really intentional about the areas of my life that are important for me and my family and business? So I love that. What we've learned too is we put so much effort into scheduling the perfect week for our business and making sure we have the right meetings and doing the right things to grow our business. But we often fail to do that for our personal lives. And we think, oh, like my kids are happy. They're healthy. I have a decent marriage with my husband. Why can't it be better? Why can't it be like the best marriage in the world? Why can't Mm -hmm. we set those standards? Guess what? It's going to take effort. You can't just let it happen. And so we put into this design is working on each other you know, quarterly retreats away, date nights, intentional ways of communicating so that, because we have different communication styles. Sometimes I like to just vent. And so I'll just show up and be like, don't say anything. Just listen. He'll be like, yep. Okay. And I'll just download and then I'll walk away and I'll stand there stunned because men by default want to fix things. They solve problem solvers. Like to see their woman in pain or frustrated or hurt. They just want to go in there and just like get it done to fix it. We don't want that all the time. Sometimes we do. And you know what? We leave it to them to figure out. I don't think that's fair, mm-hmm. <laughs> but sometimes we just need that download. But when you, when you design a life so that it's intentional, because when you create the intentionality, you can grow so much faster because you know where your weaknesses are or your Achilles heels are. How do you need to fix things? Like another one is I have misophonia. It's a crazy little cork. I, I have like really hate the sounds of people chewing food and gum. And so I actually bought these very specific plugs that you put in your ear that helps straighten out the sounds going into your ear canal. And it doesn't mute the sounds, but it makes it less aggravating. And for me, it was a 50% increase in my or decrease in my anxiety, listening to those noises. So now when I go eat meals with Dan, I just plop in these little things that go in your ear and we're good. We're not fighting. (laughs) Oh, I love this. I also love, um, before we start to transition into PR and what you're doing today, I also love when I'm hearing you talk, it sounds like you really prioritize scheduling things in a calendar that there are things scheduled and you know, when they're happening and you have meetings around when these things are happening, talk about the intentionality of like putting things in a calendar and having strong communication so that date nights and quarterly retreats actually happen. And they don't just blow by and another year goes by and we've frankly, not taking a vacation or any time together intentionally. (laughs) Well, I think about us even scheduling this, this recording where you're like, do you have like shoot out some dates and times you're available? I'm like, send me your Calendly link 
or your scheduling gig. Like we don't have one yet. I'm like, I will send you mine then because I, I now have one because of your feedback. So, so we're all set. <laughs> but the way that I see it is I'll always like put it this way. If you gave somebody full control of your calendar, where they can book a call in whenever they want, wherever they want, are they going to be scheduling calls at 6am, 7pm and on the weekends? So I have a public link on my website where people can schedule a call with me about my program. And I put parameters around, around when they can actually talk with me. But I also, they, they can't schedule something that's already scheduled in my calendar. That's the whole point of it. Knowing that I have to put in the bigger rocks into my calendar permanently for the entire year, or else people will schedule. That would include when I'm going to CrossFit because I like lunchtime CrossFit. So Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, sometimes in the mornings, um, my pitching moments, like I, there's certain moments of the week, certain hours where I'm pitching because I'm the most creative and it's the best time. So I block those out and they're permanently blocked out and you cannot schedule a call with me in those times. And especially after three 30, both my home boys are home and that's important to me. So mm -hmm. unless it's like dire needs to chat, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So we look, um, it's called the preloaded year. So mm -hmm. my husband and I look at what are all of the things that are happening this year, his events, my events, the F yeah opportunities. We get invited to go on these really cool trips and do these things. And so we plop them in. Those are the big rocks. And then we put in the pebbles, the things that, you know, maybe speaking events we're getting paid for. And then we fill in the sand. Most time there's just no room for sand <laughs> because everything in there is stuff that's super intentional. And some people might look at the calendar and just be overwhelmed. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this stuff. Or I, I would just get anxiety looking at that. It's like the other option just doesn't work for us. Mm. When I first started dating Dan, he never scheduled a single thing, nothing in his calendar. And I invited him to dinner. That was it. I said, every night let's have dinner together. And he just couldn't fathom that because it was never been a part of him growing up, but it was a very important quality for me. And so every night we have dinner as a family to this date, and we've been together for 12 years. Wow. I and we that. put that in the calendar. We put quarterly board meetings with our kids mm. so every quarter. We each take a kid and we go for half a day. And then we exchange the kid <laughs> halfway through the day. The kid gets to choose what the activity is. So I think I have, I have Max starting this weekend. So it's our quarterly board meeting. Like hey, Max, what do you want to do? He's like, he wants to make uh, tech deck uh, YouTube videos. He's obsessed with these things. Great. But because what we do is we come up with these great ideas of stuff we want to do. And we don't do it because we don't schedule it. But the moment yes. you put it in your calendar, you've, you've secured that spot for that thing. It's, it's more likely to happen. I live by it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like if I wake up in the morning and having my calendar set up and seeing it the week in the week, Brooks and I do Sunday night check-ins. Like after the kids are in bed, we'll just have a cup of tea or whatever and like hang out and chat. And we'll just do quick check-ins on the week to make sure that we know kind of what are the big rocks, what are the priorities, et cetera. It's flowed really well for us. Um, and I know after when we started to chat, you told me date nights and how important they were for you. So that's our Friday nights. We've just put yeah. in date nights. And even if it's not physically getting out of the house, we are highly intentional about the time we spend here in the house of like making a dinner together, like doing something that's beyond the norm. And that's been really helpful too. So 
calendars. I love this preloaded year. I think that's so critical for so many of us. Yeah. Let's swing into what we're doing today. So you are now back in PR. I feel like I've been sitting on the sidelines waiting for you to get into PR again, (laughs) because I knew that this was a big piece of your past. And for somebody like myself, who's maybe never dabbled in PR, never really looked at getting PR before, I'm curious if you can just maybe share a little bit more about like, what are the programs? How can people work with you? And more importantly, like why is PR so important for growth businesses and small businesses? Oh, okay. I'm going to start with that. Yeah. Let's start there and then we can go. So, I mean, Oh, times are changing so fast. It's crazy. Um, my good friend, Nick Kuzmich is one of the top Facebook ads guys in the world. It's just like, even his industry is like, things are just going bonkers. Um, the thing about PR, which is considered earned media, it is considered the most respected type of media, according to like the audience. People are more, people believe more what they see, what they used to anyway, online in terms of like um, blog posts and podcasts, and they do of, of ads. And the th- difference is that earned media can take a really long time to garner and to get that engine started. So it's like, you're putting in months of work sometimes with no wins. And then all of a sudden it starts hitting, but why it's important is because there's a huge SEO play. There's a huge, um, social media play and then earned media play. So SEO is when you're getting notable websites, linking back to your website, I call it Google juice. (laughs) Google all of a sudden recognizes your website and increases the ranking. Then you start ranking for keywords too. A lot of the Mm. stuff is kind of foreign to some people and they can't quite understand why it's connected. But um, with PR, there's also a contributed content opportunity. So anything content related to me is PR. PR is like the mother of all marketing. This is about developing relationships. It's more important now than ever because it is about the relationship building. Right. When Instagram and TikTok, it's still great. You might get some wins. Like my son, uh, he posted a YouTube video the other day and it got one and a half thousand views. And he's just, it just blew his mind. But then every video since didn't. So it's just like one thing caught. But the thing about earned media, if you create the right strategy and you're intentional with it, you can keep getting media wins consistently over time. And so you're getting all of these podcasts and publications linking back to your website and mentioning you, you end up increasing your authority, becoming more credible, the go-to person in your space. I have a client who's uh, launching her book called The Unflustered Mom. And she's, I forget the name of the news source, but now she's like the go-to person to be on morning TV about mom and stress. Wow. Because she got in there once and she's been on the show now probably four times. It's incredible. Right. And it's just like, and then people trust that more than seeing an ad. Yeah. I would, I would agree. There's certain publications and I'm sure this is, this is your realm, not mine, but there's certain publications you'll see and you'll immediately have an undertone of, oh, like there's more, it's more credible or what this person is saying is more credible because they were in entrepreneur or fortune or Forbes or whatever it was. It's interesting how that plays to the human psyche of what we, what we believe or what we perceive. So could not agree more. The same as like, oh, she has 20,000 Instagram followers. The same thing can be attributed to somebody who has a website that has all the logos of as seen and people or wired Mm -hmm. or Inc or Forbes. It's like, it's almost like this incredible credibility builder. Yes. I love Um, that. 
And so the programs that I offer right now, there's two, there's one it's retainer based. So there's a couple options in there, but you work with me for six months to a year. I create the entire strategy and execute on it. And the other option is a VIP day. And so that's where I create the entire strategy, media list, media kit, pitch angles, press release. I create all these assets with videos, teach you how to pitch, but then you do the implementation. Mm. All right. So it takes me a day to do that. And I love it. I absolutely love what I do. Um, the parts that used to be hard about this now are just easy to me because it's just like, it's just what it is. And I work with incredible female entrepreneurs that mm. are either launching, scaling, have an announcement, want to go on a podcast tour. Um, and we work together for six months to a year and we just have so much fun together. So much fun. Mm. I love the choice, right? You're choosing, choosing what you're doing, choosing who you're working with, creating these epic containers, both of them, whether it's, Hey, here's a done for you service or come in and do like a blitz day VIP day, and then take away a toolkit so that you can go and implement it yourself. Like both of those are so, so such incredible ways in which you can offer women support when it comes to PR, frankly, mm-hmm. to me, PR has felt like a little intimidating. Like, how do you even get started? I read your book, which we'll link up to in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I read your I was... book like three years ago. Oh my God, and I yeah. know it's about relationships. I know it's about continuing to reach out and there are ways we can do it ourselves, but my gosh, to have an expert, one of my key lessons in business is to surround yourself with the experts, hire the experts, yeah. allow the experts to really go and support you and the unlocks that that can create is, is insane. And I mean, you shared a couple of your client wins right here. I love this. Yeah. I love it. And and here's the thing about it is anybody can do it, but anybody could run their own Facebook ads. Anybody can do their own recruiting. Anybody can do any culture thing, but in hiring the experts, not only is it done well and right, it happens faster, mm-hmm. right? It happens yeah. faster. Cause there's that the trifecta of business, you can get things good, cheap or fast, but only pick two. Yeah. So if it's good and fast, it ain't cheap. If it's cheap and good, it ain't fast. Mm-hmm. However, you know what I mean? <laughs> you had it. You had too many I was with you. <laughs> I was with you. And that's well, the thing is like, and we're, you and I are both have specific superpowers and we're honing in on that. And we're helping people because we've found this niche in the marketplace. We know what we're good at and we're just doing the work. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. Mm. Well, you know, I'm calling you and you know, I want to be working with you. So I can't wait to start that journey with you. It's going to be incredible just to see how you actually do in the container itself. But Renee, I have so much love for you. Thank you so much for being here today. I will link up all of the ways that you can connect with Renee off um, in the show notes. Are there any other kind of key I know we have a podcast website where people can actually like reach out to hang out on any social media platforms, mostly so that we can make sure that we drive people to those places. Yeah. Uh, so Instagram Renee mm-hmm. underscore Warren and my, I just, I just hired a company to help me start a YouTube and a TikTok channel yes. repurposing a lot of the videos that I've already recreated, which is so intimidating, man. There's so many mean people online. The comments I get on YouTube, it's crazy. Um, but anyways, guess what? I just ignore them or delete them mm-hmm. and move on. Definitely Instagram or go to wewildwomen.com. And I have some freebies 
a good blog. You can connect to me there, um, podcast as well. And then check out my programs. Fabulous. Renee, can't thank you enough for being on the show today. You have been a woman who has continuously inspired me and I can't wait to see where your journey goes from here. So until next time, guys, we'll see you again on the Jackie service show. Thank you for listening in to today's show. If there was a key message that landed with you, please share or send us a direct message on Instagram at Jackie service and let us know. We love hearing from you. Also to continue to keep this podcast growing, it would mean the world if you could take a minute and like and rate the show or share it with a friend. Our team is forever grateful. Until next time, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show.